welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Good morning. You may be seated. Super excited that it is student takeover week. I know parents are excited that school has started or is starting. Yes. Back to the routine of getting up early and getting everything in order. I'm so thrilled to be a part of this house, and I'm going to say that to I am not here. What I mean by here is I'm in heaven. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of Elevate Life Church. It's, it's been so amazing for me and my family, and I want to just start this thing out how I always do in every single time. I always say that. I want to say thank you to Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila for being incredible senior pastors of Elevate Life Church. I am honored. My life has been changed in these six years of our family being a part of this house. I want to also thank uh, Pastor Josh, who leads our staff, who leads our church underneath Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Love you. He's He's making me a better man. He's making me a better person. He really is. He challenges sometimes my old school thought process. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be in a house where you elevate your thinking, your life gets elevated. I'm grateful to be in a house where we lead by honor, we talk about honor, we demonstrate honor. I'm grateful that we believe the best even when the worst is displayed. I'm grateful that we are generous people, that we believe in helping not just our own community, but the world that we live in. I'm grateful for all that. Come on, that's something to shout about. Come on, Elevate Life Church. That's good news right there. Well. I got a message. We're going to pray. I'm going to try to do my best. Yes, I do have some props. So just fasten your seatbelt. We'll see if it makes any sense this morning. Amen. So let's go for it. Sometimes you have a visual, but it doesn't necessarily connect. But we're going to see God let it connect this morning. Let it connect. God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Amen. Okay, so <laughs> let's, let's just dive in. Let's just dive in this morning. It's going to be good. I'm grateful I got, I woke up this morning. Who's grateful you woke up this morning? Come on, that's the nine o'clock service that we need. Who's grateful you got blood running through your veins right now? Come on. Who's grateful your heart is working right? Come on. Who's grateful you're getting all blood, blood uh, thinner medication? Come on, who's grateful? Who's, I'm, if you're on it, let's be grateful we're getting off it in Jesus' name. Okay. The title of my message is, Don't Call Me Out If You Don't Care. (laughs) I need that crowd right there just to bring it down a little bit right there. I don't need the hype crowd this morning. I just just need Jesus to show up this morning. (laughs) Here's the big thought of the message. Here's the big thought of the message. Uh, If we're not careful in this generation, our greatest revelation of love and how to treat people can come through social media if we're not careful. Because today, the average American, according to the national statistic that just came out, Nelson Marketing Company just did a a research on this, the average American spends 11 hours a day on their mobile device. Click, repeat, binge, swipe, repeat, We spend 11 hours a day on a mobile device, listening to podcasts, watching movies, listening to different things, shows, social media. And if we're not careful, our perspective of how to love people and how to treat people can come through a smart device. 
So let's look at this according to how Jesus loved people. And this is kind of, I'm gonna kind of read a little bit to you so we can build a foundation. Normally I just, honestly, I memorize my whole entire message, but this morning I wanna read so I don't miss something to plant or to build a foundation for you this morning. So let me just share this with you. In order to really understand the love, how to love and treat people, we need to look at the life of Jesus. And observing his lifestyle of Jesus, we get a true picture of how he interacted with people that were far from God. Number one, he embraced them. Number two, he loved them. Number three, he welcomed them into his arms. And number four, he, wel- he redeemed them. So much so that he left the 99 people that were living right to go after the one person that was in the mess. The church, we are the church. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can separate ourselves from people that are struggling and in mess. And when we do that, there's a self-righteousness that can come upon our life a spirit of pride. I'm better than them based on what they're going through. But let me remind you this morning, church, Psalms 124 verse one, if it had not been for God who was on your side, where would you be this morning? (laughs) Romans chapter five, verse eight, but God demonstrated his love towards us while we were still messed up, still in our mud, still in our pain, still in our hurt. Christ died for us. I'm so grateful for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, it says, for you have been saved by grace. It's not of yourself, but it's a gift from God. So I think we have to understand how Jesus loved people should be our response to how to love people. Notorious sinners, this whole message of this notorious sinners. And you know what, I think every one of us, we are, we are sinners saved by God's grace and mercy. And we all know that nobody in this world sleeps in heaven every night and is God's first cousin. <laughs> now we are all sons and daughters of God, but we are not God's first cousin and we don't have a home right now in heaven. Now one day we're believing God that we're gonna have that mansion and God's gonna have it all hooked up and it's gonna be awesome. But you know what, every day we go through our stuff and we have to be careful the lens of how we see other people. So we gotta, we gotta pull back a little bit. I, 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 let me just say this, it, it reminds me of this story. Uh, maybe you remember this, this particular basketball game. It was the NBA Finals and it was 2013, July, excuse me, June the 8th, 2013. You had the Miami Heat versus the San Antonio Spurs. The series was two to three and Miami Heat was down. There was 24.3 seconds left on the clock. 24.3 seconds left on the clock and here it is. Thousands of Miami fans are leaving the arena. Matter of fact, we got a picture to show you. Thousands of Miami fans are leaving the arena. There's 24.3 seconds left on the clock. This is game number six. If the Spurs win, they are now the national NBA championships. Fans are mad. Now, Miami fans have this, this notorious way to leave a stadium. They boo their, they boo their players. This, if you, I'm just, look it up. <laughs> We're not in the word yet, but just, you can look it up on Google later. But they have a way to just be rowdy. And they left. Thousands of fans left. Thousands and thousands. Then all of a sudden, as the fans are walking out the door, thousands of fans are cheering. The San Antonio Spurs turned over the ball. LeBron James hits a three-pointer. Then they turn over the ball again, threw it to the corner. Ray Allen ties the game. Now everybody's trying to get back into the stadium. <laughs> thousands of fans. But what's amazing about this is this American Airline Arena here in Miami has a no re-entry 
process. You can't re-enter. Once you leave, you got to stay out. Here's what's amazing. Every one of them were subject to watch the game on their cell phones, even though they had a ticket to the game. This is a classic example of what happens when people leave our lives too soon. We got to keep believing in people even when it looks like they're losing the game of life. Because no one realized that the next game, the Miami Heat became the NBA champions of the world. It reminds me, uh, you know, I've got two sons, one's 17, one's 11, but when they were little, uh, I always wanted them to play sports because I was an athlete uh, at one time. So, and uh, T-ball was this game, man. I love T-ball. I don't, you know, T-ball was kind of a simple game and, and uh, it was kind of a cool game. And, and so, you know, you get the bat and, you know, you get the balls and I got Josiah, he's nine years old. He's in the outfield. I'm in the infield. Caden's up the bat. Caden's my youngest and he's about three, four years old. And I said, okay, Caden, here's the deal. I'm going to explain the rules. That's first base, second base, third base. This is home. Now here's what's going to happen. You got three strikes and then you're out, then your brother's up. So here comes little Caden. He's three years old. He walks up, he grabs the bat. He holds it like this. I said, no, I got to teach him. I got to walk him through how to hold the baseball bat. So I was trying to give him the stance, spread your legs apart, get him shoulder width, go ahead and lean back on your back leg so you can get momentum. And I'm teaching, right? I'm, I'm trying to be dad, trying to be coach, trying to be the encourager. And here comes Caden, he takes the bat, and this is exactly what he does. Now he's about three and a half years old, and we're in our front yard playing baseball. And I'll never forget, he takes it and he hits the tee. And I said, no, 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 that's strike one. And so then I give him another ball, and I said, okay, now try it again. Try to hit the ball. Focus on the ball. And he hits the tee. I said, no, 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 no. Strike two. This is it. This is it, son. You, you got to hit the ball. Your brother's in the outfield. He's ready. Here's his brother. <laughs> Waiting to get up the bat. Here's Caden. He's ready. He's big old eyes, three years old. You know, he's excited. He hits the tee. I said, strike three, he's out. I said, you're out, son. Immediately had a meltdown. He said, no. One more, one more. And then all of a sudden, he, I put another one up there. And long story short, he swung again, missed. I put another one up there. He swung again. He missed. I put another one up there. I'm encouraging him. You got this, son. You can do it. Baseball's your game. Come on, man. I think you're going to go pro. Come on, you got this thing. And I'm up there like, come on, keep going. No, 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 come on. Here's Josiah. Well, what am I trying to say? In the game called baseball, there's three strikes and you're out. But in God's game, it's not three strikes and you're out. Because if it was three strikes and you're out, none of us this morning would be in this place. I'm thank God that we got a God that tells us to keep swinging. I'm grateful that we got a God that says, get back up to the plate and keep swinging. It's okay. You're not defined by your mistakes, but you're defined by who you know you are and you're God's this morning. But I think so many times in the church world, we can get it so, no, you, oh, you went through a divorce. Oh, oh, you had this in your, oh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're out of the game. You know, God's grace and mercy is so sufficient for every one of us. I'm grateful to be here this morning. I'm grateful I got a God that still believes in me in the game, in the game called life. Keep swinging, Jeremy. Oh, you said some things that we would not say. <laughs> you thought some thoughts that I would not think, but I'm grateful you're keep swinging, keep playing, keep believing. And I think so many times we look at people like three strikes and you're out. But that's not how God looks at things. You know, visible hearts, 
Visible love, excuse me, opens invisible hearts. When I love people, it breaks down the walls in people's lives. Let's look at a notorious sinner. If you have your Bibles, we're gonna to go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, and we're gonna talk about a notorious sinner in the Bible. And this is a series, and I'm super excited. Pastor Josh is speaking next week. You don't wanna miss it, it's gonna be powerful. This has kind of been his message. He did an incredible job in July, a whole series on love. And, uh, and we're just getting into this. And how does Jesus love people? And it really challenged some of my thought process and really encouraged me and helped me. So I wanna just encourage you to be here. It's gonna be powerful. So he here's, what, here's what it says in Luke chapter 19. And let's read with verse one. I'm gonna read in the NLT. And it said this, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. Let me just stop real quick. Pastor Clay talked about it a little bit last week, but Jericho was like the happening place. It was like the spot during this time. Uh, you know, some people would say it was happening, it was popping, however you want to say it, it was the place, okay? It was the spot. And Jesus is making his way through Jericho. He's got about a week and a half left of his life. And he's making his way through Jericho. And then all of a sudden, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Now, he, that means when he's a chief tax collector, that means he has people working for him. He's the big dog. He's the CEO. He's the man in charge. He's got people working for him underneath him. And what he would do is he would tax the people, the Jewish people, on behalf of the Roman government. And, 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 here, and here's the deal. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, was very rich. Verse 3, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see the crowd. Verse four, or verse four, he ran ahead to climb the sycamore tree and there was a sycamore tree beside the road from where Jesus was getting ready to pass. Let me just stop here and paint this. If you don't know this, when you're taught in Sunday school, if you've been in church for a long period of time, you think you see this, this, this book, this children's book and there's a little short tree and there's Zacchaeus there. You know, he's not a very tall man, but he's sitting in a tree and it's kind of like an empty tree and just branches. That's kind of what you can picture this thing is about, but that's not how it is. Look up a sycamore fig tree. They grow anywhere from 60 to 100 feet tall. They are one of the most leafy trees that are part of the sycamore family. The trunk of the tree can grow around 10 feet around. So here's this guy who's a wealthy man. Couple things, he's running because he wants to see Jesus. He runs, now back then if, you're, if you had money, you never ran anywhere. You had people that ran your errands for you. So there was a desperation in this man's life. And so he ran, very wealthy man. He got all his gear on, he's got his Gucci, he's got his, all his stuff on. And all of a sudden he's climbing up this sycamore tree. Now you ain't climbing up a sycamore tree in your nice stuff, unless you're desperate. Unless you wanna see who this Jesus really is. So he climbs up this tree thinking that no one's gonna see him. He's in this massive tree, and then watch this, I love this, and this is so powerful. Verse five, when Jesus came by, he looked up and he called to Zacchaeus and he said, quickly come down, I will be a guest in your home today. Now there's a group of people that were following Jesus down this road called Jericho. And I like to say these people, we just call these people that have some amnesia for a second. Cause these group of people, they're like, oh yeah, you gonna get it. Oh Zacchaeus, you've been cheating us. You've been messing with us. You've been taking our money. Oh, you're gonna get it. Jesus is going to get you right now. Oh, I can't, oh Jesus called your name. You better come down. You better come down. Oh yeah, he is going to get you. You're in trouble. Oh yeah. There was that group of people. There was that group of people, but that's not what Jesus' heart was. Yeah. 
Jesus is trying to call us to a better place. And if you look at verse six, I'm, it's gonna make sense in here in just a second, just stay with me. In verse six, Zacchaeus quickly came down and, he went to, and Jesus went to his house with great excitement and joy. Now here it is, verse seven, but the people were displeased. Anytime you go in after Jesus, there's gonna be a group of people that are not gonna be happy. Anytime you're living this life of generosity, there's gonna might be some family members that ain't gonna be too happy with you. Anytime you're living this life that is Christ's first life, there's gonna be a group of people that ain't gonna be celebrate you, high-fiving you, hugging you, and rejoicing with you. But let me just tell you something. Just keep going after Jesus and it's all gonna be okay. And so what happened here is, here it is. This is what it says. But the people were displeased that he had gone to a guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. They grumbled. I think we need people in our life to push us up. You know, if you put a crab in a bucket, five-gallon bucket, a crab will come out of the bucket. But you put three or four crabs in a bucket, not one of them will leave the bucket. Why? Because the crabs, they have this, this, have this wiring where one gets to the top, the other crab's going to pull them down. Guess what? We don't need crabs in the church. Come on. We don't need no crabs in the church. We need people who are going to pick us up. Yes, you can do it. Keep going. We don't need people pulling us down. We don't need people pulling us down. We need people saying, I got you, man. I'm not going to be crabby today. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm not going to pull you down. And that's what happens. A lot of times people are pulling each other down. And here it is. Jesus is a guest in his home. And he's getting ready to do something. You know, revenge never heals open wounds. It never does. I would rather be a person that would speak grace and love than judgment and condemnation. We got enough of that in the world. And I think we got to have this. That's why I love Elevate Life Church. Because there's people in this room, guess what? That you give grace, you give mercy, because that's the house rules. That's how we roll. That's how our pastor rolls. Our pastor, oh, you messed up? Oh, guess what? I believe in you. Everything's going to get back okay. Micah 7, 7, 8. Oh, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. But guess what? You got to have somebody there to help you get back up. That's why I love this. Here's a notorious sinner, a guy that's messed up, a guy that's jacked up, and all of a sudden, Jesus is spending time with him. Jesus only has about a week and a half left of his life. And who is he hanging out with? You would figure he'd be hanging out with his family, having a big barbecue, high-fiving everybody, loving the cousins and the grandma. No, 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 no. He's hanging out with a notorious sinner. Why? Because he came to seek and to save which was lost. And here it is in verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. For those I have cheated, people on their taxes, I will give it back four times. That's a good place to clap. Four times. Come on. And Jesus responded to him saying this, salvation has come to your house. For the son of man has showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save which was lost. Here's the deal. Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' life was changed because he hung out with Jesus. The whole point is this, Zacchaeus went up a tree to see Jesus. Jesus went up a tree to save Zacchaeus. Let me just tell you something. Every one of us have been saved by the grace and mercy of God. Before we start swinging and catching hands, however you wanna say it, before we start pointing fingers, let's just be slow to love. God, thank you, Lord. They're going through it right now, and I just pray mercy on their life. 
God, it, it looks like they're, they got some amnesia right now. They forgot who they were in you. But I just pray, God, that you bring it back to their remembrance. You know, so many times we don't feel like we're worthy. May the 2nd, 2011, this great movie came out, and this movie was called Thor. And, uh, and uh, Thor has a hammer. <laughs> just stay with me. This is the one I was talking about, okay? Just stay with me. Lord, let it make sense what I'm about to say to these people. I just want another opportunity, maybe in the future. <laughs> so here it is. Thor's dad grabs a hammer in the movie, and he says, if you be worthy to hold this hammer, you will possess the power of Thor. The enemy doesn't want you to know how worthy you are. Now, not worthy based on what you've done, based on what he's done for you. Our own good deeds, the Bible says, are as filthy rags unto the Lord. But once we understand who he is and how much he loves us and what he's done for us, we will walk a little bit different, not arrogant and prideful, but we'll walk in a little bit more grace and a little bit more mercy. Oh, God did that for me. God's going to do that for you. God needs to do that for you right now, but I ain't going to say nothing because my words have power. And so many times we walk around, we don't feel like we got any authority, man. We don't feel like we got any worth. Then there's a group of people, man, that's you. Then there's another group of people. This is how they feel. Well, I got a little bit of love. There's a little bit of worthy. Then, there, then there's this other group of people, and they, they think, oh, yeah, man, I know God loves me. I go to church. I love Jesus. You know, I'm generous. And there's some worthy that God says I can have. If, man, if, I'm, if I know who I am in Christ, I can have the power of who he is. But then uh, let me just draw your attention to this. There's another group of people. That, that we just need to know that you are worthy of God's love this morning, not based on what you've done, but based on who he is. You are worthy of God's love. You are worthy of his power, of his grace, and his mercy. Now, I know I don't look like Thor. I know I look like a thimble, but here's the deal. But let me just tell you something. I'm worthy of God's love. I'm worthy of God's grace. I'm worthy of God's mercy. Not based on anything I've done. I'm a Zacchaeus who ran up a tree, heard about Jesus, and then Jesus called my name. November the 14th, 1984, at nine years old, I responded to the good news of the gospel and gave my life to him. And that was 34 years ago. And thank God I'm still serving him, living for him, loving him, doing my best to grow. But you are worthy to possess the power of grace and mercy in your life. You are worthy. Now, when I was a kid, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And I'm just telling you something. Right? I'm grateful for that. I love the 80s and 90s. Y'all don't know 7-Eleven? Oh, man. That was the spot when I was a kid in Detroit. 7-Eleven. Corner store. That's where we used to hang. You know, we grew up in the 80s and 90s. You guys are privileged for those that grew up in the 80s and 90s. You know, we had, you know, G.I. Joe, the American hero, you know. No one's half the battle. You know, we had He-Man, the master of the universe, you know, by the power of Grayskull. You know, we had George Yetchin. Me, George Yetchin. You know what I'm saying? We had, we, had, we had all those famous cartoons. I mean, Saturday morning, it was the bomb. But there's one thing I love to do. I watch Saturday morning cartoons, Transformers. You know, I mean, it was cool. And then all of a sudden, after, after cartoons, me and my brother, we would jump on our 
uh, you know, our GT's dynos, and they had the Skyline mags, they had the Kuharl uh, crank system, and man, it was really cool. BMX handlebars, some of you have no idea, but I'm telling you, it was, it was the bomb. We thought we were so cool. And we're rolling down to the 7-Eleven, and our favorite snack was the Cracker Jacks. And here's why, because inside the Cracker Jacks, there was this, there was this toy. You didn't get the Cracker Jacks for the popcorn. You got the Cracker Jacks for the toy on the inside. And here's the deal. Sometimes we can look at people, we can put people in boxes. Oh, you went through that, that's you. Oh, you got this going on, that's you. You got this kind of challenges, that's you. But we don't realize that inside each box is something very special. We all have stuff going on, but if we'll dig a little bit deeper and believe that there's some gold inside, we'll find what we're looking for. Because you find what you want. You gotta see the good in people. You gotta be, believe the best even when the worst is being displayed. Right here it says toy inside. There's a prize inside here. Me and my brother would go down and we would grab these. We'd scrounge up change. We'd grab these and we would eat it, of course, the popcorn, the caramel that was drizzled all over it, but we would look for the prize on the inside. So many times I think we, we can miss it. We can miss the prize that God wants for us. You are loved this morning. Saturday morning was a great morning for me and my brother. Saturday morning cartoons, the trip to 7-Eleven, but here's what my favorite part was. Now get ready to close with this. It was Saturday night. Whew, if you grew up in the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. It was Miami Vice. <laughs> Some of y'all have no idea. Miami Vice, we just took a mission trip to Miami and it reminded me of this whole story. Now, this is back in the day. Now, that, the guy on the right, that's Philip Michael Thompson, and the guy on the left is Don Johnson. Now, here's the deal. This is the story. Nine o'clock. It came on in my home. Now we got old school TV, box TV, rabbit ears, tinfoil on the rabbit ears. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Someone walk in the room, mess up the whole TV. You started yelling at him like, hey, oh, 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 hold up, hold up, easy. Now my dad had one rule on Saturday night. You had to be in bed by 10 o'clock. Miami Vice came on at nine and it ended at 10. So we had just enough time because we had to get up and go to church the next morning. It was a miracle we even had a TV in our home because when my dad got saved, he got radically saved. He threw away everything. If it wasn't for years later, we got a TV. So thank God. He'd been redeemed, you know? So, so we got a TV and all of a sudden, here it is. I'm watching this show and it comes to the end of this episode. Here you go, you got Don Johnson driving this speedboat down the Miami canals. He's flying. He's flying as fast as he can. Then you got Philip Michael Thompson. He's over here. He got locked up. A drug cartel, a, a, a Cuban a drug cartel, find out that he was an undercover officer, tied up him in a metal chair, and put him in an airport hangar. Now he's getting ready to end his life. It is 9.53. I'm thinking, man, this dude is over. It's done with. All of a sudden, it breaks for commercial. Two-minute commercial. I'm on the edge of my seat. Me and my brother, man, we, had, we, we were just watching this. We got caught up in the TV show. We're walking around. We're thinking, oh, my goodness, what is going to happen? I don't know what's happening, man. They're going to take this dude out. Phil, Philip Michael Thomas is done. It's over. Man, Don Johnson ain't going to get there in time. He's still driving the speedboat, hair flowing back, sunglasses on. He's still trying to look cool. This ain't the time to look cool, man. You got to save your partner. He's tied up in a metal chair in an airport hangar. You don't even know where he's at. You ain't got no cell phones. Find my friends. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got none of that. Here he is. 
He's sitting in the mail chair. The Cuban drug lord's got the gun. He's pulled to his head. I'm thinking, it's over, man. I said to my dad, my dad's a big guy. He was about 300 pounds back then. I said, dad, they're getting ready to kill Philip Michael Thomas. He goes, son, no, they're not. I said, dad, they are. He said, go to bed. I said, it's not 10 o'clock yet. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you don't really say nothing back to my dad. You know what I'm saying? You said, yes, sir. But I got a little bold right there and I said that. And all of a sudden, he goes, son, they're not going to kill him. He's the star of the show. I said, dad, they're going to take him out. It's over. Well, now it's 9.57. They break for another commercial. Two-minute commercial. Here it is. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm saying, it's over. I told my brother Chris. I said, dude, it's over. He's done. Don Johnson's going to be the only guy in Miami. This is how it's going to be. This is Miami. You can't have Miami Vice without Philip Michael Thompson. You can't have Miami Vice. You tripping, dude. I mean, all of a sudden, here it is. One minute left. Cuban drug lord. Philip Michael Thomas in the chair, like this, tied up, ropes tied up. Don Johnson, driving the speedboat, hair, you know, blowing through his hair, sunglasses on. All of a sudden, this is the first time in my life I saw this. The guy's getting ready to pull the trigger in his life. He finds out he's an undercover police officer. But then three giant words come on the screen. To be continued. <laughs> Now I'm from the 80s and 90s. We never seen that before. At least I had never seen that before. You don't to be continue Transformers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Optimus Prime always wins. Good luck, Megatron. G.I. Joe, Cobra never wins. G.I. Joe, the American, he wins. And all of a sudden, to be continued. I yelled to my dad. I said, Dad, to be continued. He says, son. They're not going to kill the star of the show. I tried to tell you that. Go to bed. Here's the whole point. The whole point is sometimes in life we feel like we're Philip Michael Thomas sitting in a chair by ourselves, surrounded by the enemy, tied up. We got a few friends that care about us. But they're so far away, they ain't even gonna get, us, get to us in time. But let us not forget the to be continues in life. They thought it was over for Jesus. The Roman soldiers, the people, his disciples, they thought it was over as he hung on that cross. As he died that evening on Friday night, I can imagine across the sky, God putting these words in modern times today, to be continued. Just give it a couple days. I had to wait a whole nother week <laughs> to see what was gonna happen. And what messed me up is I waited that week, but they show a rerun episode that totally messed up my whole flow. Here's what I'm saying, to be continued. The third day, Jesus rolled away the stone he stood up, took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and came back. There's nobody in this place that is too far from the grace of God. There's nobody in this place that has made so many mistakes that God's love cannot reach. There's nobody in this place that God didn't die on the cross for you personally. The Bible says if we open the door of our heart and we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he will come into our heart and forgive us of our sins and make us brand new.
Some people in here are living in shame. I'm telling you, let that stop today. Some people are living in condemnation. Well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know who I did it to. It don't matter. It don't matter. God loves you this morning. You need to leave this place with your shoulders back, your head up. Man, you need to walk with what, however you want to walk. You want to walk this way. You want to walk this way. You want to have maybe a bad flat tire. However you want to walk. I don't know what you want to walk. All I'm telling you is you walk out of here knowing that you are loved by God. Knowing that God's grace loves you. You are powerful this morning. You are incredible. You are awesome. God loves you this morning. Don't let the enemy beat you up. It's not over yet. It's to be continued. Just because you've hit some low parts right now in life, just because maybe you're down in the ditch, maybe you feel like you've hit the bottom, that's not your destiny. It's like a bat in a cave uses sonar and it bounces its sonar off the walls to know where it's, it's, it's located at and how to fly. When we begin to praise God, you know what we're doing? We're bouncing that stuff that's on us off of us. God, I'm, I'm praising you. That stuff's trying to get on me right now. I, I love what my dad used to say. My dad used to tell me this when I was a kid. He goes, you need to praise God for what he's going to do, not what he's already done. And I look at my dad and I said, dad, that don't make no any sense. That don't make no sense. You know, I'm 14, 15, 16 years old. But you need to praise God for what he's about to do, not what he's already done. That doesn't make any sense. He goes, son, it's in the Bible. I said, weird. He goes, just read it. So I read it a few years ago. In Luke 1, Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist. Mary is carrying baby Jesus in their wombs. Now some of you might miss this, but if you can catch it just for a second, I'm going to pray. Elizabeth greets Mary. Mary greets Elizabeth. And it says that when Elizabeth said, you're carrying Jesus, that John the Baptist leaped and rejoice before he was even delivered. He wasn't even born yet, but in the womb, he was praising God. You might be going through something. Praise God before you even delivered. Praise God before even something in your life is getting ready. Lord, I thank you. Let's stand right now. Lord, I thank you for your grace this morning. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you, Lord God, that there is no shame in your game. There is no condemnation in who we are in Christ Jesus. Lord, today I speak over every single person right now that God, from the balcony to the floor, that we would feel your love this morning. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter the way we think about ourselves. All that matters is how much you love us and you care about us. We are blessed today. We are your sons and your daughters. We are special today. We are incredible. You love us, Jesus. If you're in this place and maybe you're going through it, maybe you feel like that TV show where you're tied up and you don't know what to do and there's no one on this way to save you. If that's you this morning, what I want to do is I want you to slip your hand up right now because I want to pray for you. If that's you, you feel like you're just tied up. You're in some stuff right now and you need God's grace and mercy. Lift it up high. Don't be ashamed. Lift it up high. All over this room. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. If that's you right now, I want you to do something that's bold. I want you to take a step of faith. Get out of your seat right now and come down here quickly. We're going to end quickly. If that's you, just go ahead and come down to this altar this morning. Just go ahead and come down to this altar. Don't play with it. Come on, let's be about it. Come on, that's you this morning. Just quickly, 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 quickly. You feel like you're tied up. You feel like, come on, church, let's come on. Come on, this way. Come on, come on, come on. 
You feel like you just need the love of God right now, the grace of God. This is for you this morning. This is why we do church. This is why Elevate Life Church exists. Come on, if that's you, come on, come on, come quickly. I'm gonna pray over you. God loves you this morning. You are not, you are not a mistake. You are not a failure. You are loved by God. Once you get that revelation, my goodness, the enemy can never stop you. Once you get that revelation of who you are and whose you are, no one can stop you. I'm gonna pray for these people. Everyone stretch your hand forward. God, I pray for every single person that's on this front of this altar right now. God, I pray that you would just be with them. God, these are real issues. These are things that people are feeling in their heart that draw them to the front of this stage to say, I need to hear a word from heaven. And I pray, God, that you would deliver that word right now for them. That, Lord, they would hear in their spirit that they are loved, that they are loved, that they are loved, that there is grace, that there is mercy. Father, I pray right now for every single person. I pray that every person would leave this place today knowing how good and powerful you are. That God, that you died on the cross just for them personally. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say this with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. From this day forward, I know who I am. I'm the righteousness of Christ. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm an overcomer. I'm victorious. There's nothing that can separate me from your love. Today, I know that. Therefore, shame, condemnation, guilt is gone. In Jesus' name, I am loved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, Pastor Josh. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.